Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome back to the Three Muslims podcast, a realist podcast in the dunya. And today we have another very special guest, Brother Eddie from the Dean Show. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. May the peace, mercy, and blessings of God Almighty Allah be upon all of you. Ameen, Ya Rabb, Ameen, Ya Rabb, and you and all the viewers at home, inshallah. Bismillah. So, subhanAllah, Eddie, you know, very recognizable face, mashallah, in the Dawah community, um, you know, hosting the Deen Show, mashallah, may Allah reward you for all your Amin. work. Um, subhanAllah, what I'm curious about is, you know, your upbringing and your journey to Islam and your journey on starting the Deen Show and how that has affected you and uh, those around you, the audience, and so on and so forth. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salam ala rasulillah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Really honored to be with all you young brothers here. How are you guys doing? Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Really proud of you, brothers. You guys doing some wonderful work. Alhamdulillah. Jazakallah khair. May Allah accept it from us. Ameen, ameen, ameen. So, uh, yeah, I, alhamdulillah, back in 2006, I was planning to go to Hajj. And from there... You know, there's a lot of intricate details. And I was already passionate about, about sharing the message about Islam, purpose of life, talking to people about this. Because for someone who's kind of been through all the, the things of the dunya, jahiliya, as we call it, the days of ignorance, and then you, you just, uh, you know, you get excited to share the truth. And you want people to experience that, that also. So that, those were the, the early beginnings, the humble beginnings. That's when, like, YouTube just, just started. Uh, before that, it was like Allah, Allah guided me like around early 2000. I had investigated all the different religions. I wanted to make sure what I was upon was based on truth and evidence. It wasn't just a feeling, you know what I mean? But it's interesting that I was and because we get programmed kind of to feel like it's something esoteric. You got to just get this like, you know, this woo-ha feeling and, and whatnot. And, and I, and I kind of went through that and I would like be, I remember watching late night Tony Robbins. I'm looking at that avenue. And then I'm like putting candles and putting some like uh, mystical music and whatnot. And I'm just waiting for some kind of like Holy Ghost spirit to come into me and, and, and have my epiphany, my moment. And, and that wasn't happening because you, you, you connected to a feeling, a feel good, something that's going to come over you. And then I'm going to people like who just got the biggest beard. And I'm saying, you know, can you teach me something? Uh, but Alhamdulillah, this deen is based on knowledge. And that's the beautiful thing about Islam. When you get grounded, it's based on evidence, on proof. And when I got grounded in the deen, I started to learn it. It started to convince me intellectually. And then I started to grow spiritually. Alhamdulillah, we're all works in progress. That's why we need to get grounded. I started to get grounded. And then I just started naturally. I wanted to share. And then I started planning to go to Hajj. That was 2006. And from there, I recorded it. I was in the midst of either opening up. I wanted to do a Dawa center. I, I, my late teacher, Dr. Amir Ali, may Allah grant him Jannah. He had a Dawa center here in Chicago, the Triple IE. This is where Muhammad Ali used to come and get pamphlets from him and get his, um, put his signature on it and give it out to the people. And then what happened from there was uh, I was like, okay, let me let me do something else, like make it more where maybe like a coffee shop library i was just thinking i was asking Allah SWT to guide me and then this took off youtube started i started to uh go and take some classes at the can the can tv studio here in chicago the cable access and then the media that was a tool that you can reach probably the most people and so i went that route and then alhamdulillah you know Allah SWT is the one that opens doors and here we are uh with you guys today mashallah MashaAllah, SubhanAllah. I have, a, I have also a, a documentary because a lot of people were asking me because I interview so many different people, get their stories, and they were like, what about you? How did you come to Islam? So mm. kind of for a longer version, there is, and I can give you guys little highlights here and there, uh, there's a documentary called From Dunya to Deen. So it takes you from the beginning stages of my life, growing up, like most of you understand, like, you know, being someone who grows up in America and you just want to just uh, fit in, 
you want to be popular, whatever the case, young boys, what they're chasing, have the, you know, showing off the keys to the car. And then you got the rims and the speakers in the back. I don't know how, to, how they do it now, but that's how it was back then and which crew you can be with. And then it went from, you know, looking at people like having, you know, the, the pictures of Tony Montana and the uh, what's that, the Goodfellas Godfather and mimicking that lifestyle because we're all in pursuit of like we, we were creatures of imitation. That's why Allah SWT, God Almighty, he sent the prophets, the messengers to be imitated. And the best of examples, Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him. So if we're not imitating the best of people, who are we imitating? And a lot of times the youth, like myself, I was imitating, right, the wrong people, you know, some of the worst people usually. And I was trying to emulate them. And this is just common. This is what happened is that's how I was growing up. And I experienced all that. And But then when I experienced the sweetness of Iman, because all that stuff fades, Right. They asked the billionaire after he accepted Islam why he was crying. He said, because if I wanted the French food, I hired a French chef. If I wanted Italian food, I hired an Italian chef. I wanted whatever I wanted. I had, but I never experienced this delight when he accepted Islam. See, he had all the things of the dunya. This is a true story. And from there, when he accepted a shahada, he accepted uh, he, he for those watching who don't know, that's that testimony of faith. Bearing witness, giving birth to what's already in your nature, that there's nothing worthy of worship. I'm not going to worship a human being, an angel, a saint. I'm not going to worship my desires, my ego. Nothing in creation is worthy of worship except the one who created me, the one who made me. That just makes sense. The creator of the heavens and the earth. In Arabic, we say Allah. And Muhammad is the messenger, just like Jesus, Moses, Abraham. They're all messengers. They, they didn't call people to worship themselves, but to worship the one and only creator. So when he took that shahada, he was just like most people now, because you all those sins that you've done, you're like a newborn baby, and you experience that gift, that present, that gift now. And he was like, you know, just, you know, uh, so happy and elated. And all that, all those things that he went through in life, it just that's what it is. Those are temporary joys, temporary entertainment. That's what I went through. And most of you brothers also can relate. You go through that. It's a fading enjoyment. It's like being at the amusement park and you're waiting in line for 30 minutes, an hour sometimes. And then you get off the, the ride. It's, the ride is literally like 45 seconds. Some are even 30 seconds. It's over. But that's the thing that you have. we have to understand. People forget this life will be like that. You look back like I was looking back. I'm getting older, gray hair is kicking in, and you're just like, where did my life go? The party's over, the lights come on, it's finished. And that's how life is going to be. It's going to be over, it's done, right? So that's what this deen, Islam, it prepares us for what's coming forever, forever, ever. Yes, forever, because everything here is in the past tense. Been there, done that, how was that? Oh, it was this, it was that. It's finished, it's done, and that's how our life will be. It'll be finished. And then what do we prepare for the next life that's coming? Islam gives us the tools, gives us everything to go through the challenges. Life's not perfect. We're all going through struggles, but it gives us the tools. But all these self-help books and everybody's writing, you know, all of these is very popular nowadays. The best self-development book is the Quran and the Sunnah. We have it. It's there. So Alhamdulillah, now with these, so just trying to get this out, trying to get this message you know, out this message that can help improve people, definitely improve people's life, the solution to many of the social ills, and just trying to do our small part, you know, to make a difference, inshallah. Inshallah. May Allah reward you for uh, the work that you do, mashallah. I mean, uh, subhanallah. So it, it's basically the, the difference between, you know, short term gratification and long term gratification. And, you know, what's more long term than eternity in, in Jannah? Um, yeah. Or for some people in hell, may Allah protect us from that. And I mean, I mean uh, subhanallah so how how does one start from you know with detaching from the world and and getting closer to allah i like to say roi what's the return on our investments and taking things to the end to the ultimate extreme if i continue doing things and i always picture talking to the people who are kind of going through and if you do statistically the numbers like because sometimes we get so disattached like myself and I forget what's going on. I, I, I kind of knew I was more adept to what was happening because I was just coming over from that lifestyle. Now I just like at my life before, I could not imagine myself spending time on a farm, uh, being in the green. It was just living in a concrete jungle. Being in the suburbs or away from the city was something unimaginable, right? Because the action was where? In the city. That's where it was at. Now my life is like, it's... 
I, I want to be away from the cities. I want to be away from the concrete jungles. I want to be more in touch with nature. You know, you get to know the creator from his creation. So I guess the first part, you know, for many people is to really weigh things out. If what's the return on my investment, if I just keep living this type of life, you know, how is it good for my soul? How is it good for my development? Where is it leading me? If I continue drinking alcohol, every 10 seconds, someone is dying from alcohol. Every 10 seconds, if I continue fornicating, if I continue just going from, you know, because ideal, Allah says in the Quran, this is something that is, it's just clear, you know, what men desire most. Is the desire for women. So at that age, most men, they get the nice cars, they get the nice material things for what? So they can impress the women. So if I'm just going to be womanizing, if I'm going to just, you know, be jumping from one woman to the next, if I'm just going to be looking to have the material goods, material things, like if you look at the Mayweathers, if we look at, you know, the Conor McGregor's, you know, some of these people are very popular. You can see, you know, the people just uh, having the bling bling, having, you know, all of the material things. And that's what they live for. They end up kind of worshiping that. But I compare it to being on a plane. You just wake up one day and you're on this plane and this plane. Now you're like, it's going to land soon. And so you have to ask yourself, OK, like, am I just going to go ahead and uh, look at the entertainment that they have on the box there? Uh, or I'm going to like just kind of figure out how did I get here on this plane and where is it headed? It's headed towards the destination. This plane is going to land very soon. Now equate that to life. So many things distracting us. So many things out there that are just like, you know, keeping us away from just pondering and thinking like, what's the purpose of life? Why am I here? Where'd I come from? Where am I going? So think of these basic questions I tell people. Just think about it. Think about how my life, I'm living it now. Am I truly happy? Is my, am I content? You know, people end up jumping off a building. These are true stories. You know, they end up losing. They got one billion. They lose half of it. They got half. Um, uh, they got 500 million left, but they don't have that contentment. They don't have that peace. They have they don't have that purpose. They end up jumping off bridges, committing suicide. So most people are not happy, but they're living for them. They're living through the means. So when you ask people like, why am I here? OK, it's to have a family. We know these are means, right? Half of your half of your dean like is when you get married. So that's a means. You know, okay, it's to have this job, then you lose the job. You have this marriage, you get divorced. Okay, you make a certain amount of money, and then what? You got to have bodyguards, you got to have banks, you got to have all this stuff to protect it. Maybe you lose it, more stress, more anxiety. Those are means. Okay, Islam doesn't block you from any of these things, but what's the ultimate purpose and goal? So I just start to drop these things and start to really have people to just to think. Common sense is really common sense, right? So, and, and then from there, just have people to kind of get out of there because the fitra is there in every, the fitra is a natural disposition to kind of have awakened this because it's been covered with layers and layers of layers. So if we can get people to think and to reflect, and then we can go, if, if, if someone opens up and then we can go into many of these other things, you know, uh, that are laid out uh, in the Dean. So that's where I usually start to have people to kind of just reflect over the basics, you know, that we're going to die. You know, there's a purpose. You know, we need to need, you know, and comparing it to everything around us has a purpose. That bike, see that bike behind you? I like the bike, Rami. The picture of the bike. If you look at just the basic stuff, we can, you know, look at the spokes on the wheel, the tires. If you ask somebody, find me one thing on that bike behind our brother Rami that doesn't have a purpose, even from the nuts and bolts, you cannot find that. But what about the person riding the bike? Doesn't make any sense that he, she don't have a purpose. How about that punching bag behind my brother? You hitting that a lot, brother? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Mashallah. The bag. See the bag? Look at that bag. It has a purpose. It's to be punched, but it has a purpose, right? So that's nice. You guys are doing riding, bikes, all sorts. Of, I got my brother with a stick over there. Yeah, you see the stick? <laughs> yeah, mashallah. It's out the frame right now, but it's, yeah. it's there. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Subhanallah. We had a, a guest on here a while back. Uh, correct me if I'm saying his name wrong. Sheikh Fahad Taslim. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Man, he said the same thing. He said that, like, it's basically like you're on a plane and you don't know where this plane is going, but it's like, well, do you ask? Like, do you try to figure it out or do you just kind of sit there and just wait until it arrives with, like, no, you know, no want to eat or desire to actually figure it out? And I think that's what most people are doing nowadays is they don't want to figure it out. They're trying to uh, uh, distract themselves, like you said, with entertainment that's provided. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. That's why I'm so happy when you see brothers. You have to make this is because it it has this uh, stigma sometimes attached to it, you know, talking about these things. But when you see cool brothers such as yourself, this is something cool to talk about. It's something that should be talked about. So when we see young brothers like yourselves talking about these important topics, talking about purpose, this will gravitate towards others. Because now people are making other topics cool, which are not so cool in the Dean, right? Useless, you know, just a waste of time. A lot of things are just about haram things, you know, that's just, you know, uh, helps a person to acquire STD, a spiritually transmitted disease. But this is something that just awakens the hearts, the minds, the soul. And this is what gives it life, you know, truly in the remembrance of Allah, of God Almighty, do the hearts find rest. And I remember when I, it's a, it was a really simple book I was reading, a brief illustrated guide to understanding Islam, and it had this ayah in there. And when I read this ayah, I started to just like, should a, a tear start coming to my eye, because I felt like that, I was feeling that, like, that, that contentment, that peace, you know, that Allah SWT is saying in the Quran, truly in the remembrance of Allah, the hearts find rest. And my heart was restless, restless. And I remember it's comparing it to like a child who just keeps crying and crying and crying. And everyone's trying to, you bring the child and the uncle sees it, the aunt, and it's just like crying. Why is it crying? Can I stop crying? But then it goes back to its mother. Ah, it's at peace. That's the soul. When you bring that soul back to its creator, it's at peace. MashaAllah. MashaAllah. I have a question. It's a side question, but I have a question on the list. When you were going on about this, you said that you started off in the city and that you wanted to be there because that's where the action was at. You said now that you're in, in nature and all that stuff, uh, what are you what are you doing now? Do you, do you do farming and all that? Right now I have some chickens. I have uh, some sheep. So, you know, it, I'm really into, I'm trying to be into, I went through another journey in life where for a lot of, for a long time, I was working. That's been a part of my life. I started boxing, kickboxing, you know, I, I was street fighting, you know, went from gang banging to a mafioso wannabe, you know, like Tony Montana, all that stuff. So you had to be ready all the time, right? You had to be, you know, so I, boxing was my thing. And then, and, but working out, but I was eating whatever I wanted to eat, right? I really wasn't too, I, it was like, okay, you, you work out and you can just eat whatever you want. It wasn't, it wasn't uh, that bad, but I was still eating a lot of fake processed foods. But then I got to a point in my life where I started to get sick. It starts to catch up with you. Mm-hmm. So I started to get sick. I had some bronchitis, I coughing a lot, whatnot. And then I was also like most of us, you get programmed, there's a pill for every ill. You watch the, because the United States and I think New Zealand are the only two countries that now they have direct advertisement to the public through the pharmaceutical company. Other countries don't. So now you watch this and you go to the doctor and you're just like, hey, give me this pill, this magical pill. And I was like, you know, programmed like this. So I'd want an antibiotic for everything, just anti, and you, and it worked in the beginning, you start to feel a little better, but suddenly that stuff starts creating more problems in the gut and in other places, and it starts losing its effect. And we live in a society now where also uh, doctors, you know, have some great doctors out there, but they're pressured also, and you come in and you, you want something, right, a quick fix, and, and a lot of them also, they get, see so many patients, five minutes, 10 minutes, and they just start pa- passing out the drugs, you know, they become drug pushers for the pharmaceutical companies, it's a shame, not all doctors, but many have fallen into that trap, those who don't have that integrity, you know, who, who um, are, are not in that profession, who also, you know, this is a big thing, they, they have money on their mind and ego, and they just about, you know, uh, reputation, I'm a doctor, this, that, and the other, and many have gone away from really what a doctor's about, really, really trying to really heal people, so they give other doctors a bad name, so anyways, that's another story, but, so then I ended up getting turned out to uh, one of the uh, uh, nutritionists that was well known here um, in Chicago, he's an older gentleman, he was a chief nutritionist for Dr. Mercola, uh, here in, at the Optimist Wellness Center, and I was getting into this raw milk. Well, this is this is interesting because many people, when you say raw milk, they right away they're programmed because of the dairy industry. Is this going to make you sick, right? Even though at one point when they were processing the the raw milk, it was in a dirty environment. It was next to many alcohol distillery t- uh, tills. But then when I did my research, I started to really investigate. You know, looking into this raw milk. 
I saw, man, this is so many health benefits. You know, when you homogenize, you pasteurize it, you end up kill, killing the enzymes that help with digestion. That's why the FDA has milk as the top, uh, one of the top food allergies uh, people have is milk. But why? Because it's gone through the human process, right? And I, and I often compare it. You know, when the Prophet saw someone, he went on Isra al-Miraj, right? Uh, no, no, no. When he was offered, I'm sorry, this is another story with hijama, but he was offered wine or milk. What did he choose? He chose what? Milk, right? So we often hear this statement, milk does the body good. Anyway, so I really got into, I was, um, I was into like the raw goat milk, uh, raw milk, and then I met this nutritionist. And, uh, and then from there, he just turned me out to really eating real food, avoiding fake food. And good things started to happen. This body has an innate system inside. It's always going towards healing. It's always going towards healing. But now we put things in its way that hinder this healing. And that's what I was doing by putting this garbage. You know, Allah didn't make this body as a garbage can and we put garbage mm. in it. So I was putting garbage in the body. And then what was happening? I was making it sick. But then, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, I ended up putting the good nutrition in the body, sort of educated myself, started to talk to holistic doctors, you know, this nutritionist. It's a whole different science. I learned that doctors do not study do not learn about nutrition in medical school. That opened my eyes. I said, how did they not learn nutrition in medical school? And now they're going to end up teaching you when you go to the doctor, you take your kid to the doctor and, and they got a vending machine with cookies, with snicker bars, you know, that's actually doing the opposite. So that's, that's what happened. So uh, now back to your question, original question is grass fed, grass fed meat, right? This is, this is true tayyibat. As Allah SWT says in the Quran, chapter 2, I think 171. Um, o you who believe, eat of the good food, the tayyibat. This is in, in, in the Quran. Why? This is the truth. So halal tayyib. So I like to, to get, um, to be in that environment, see the animals. And then if I slaughter, you know, um, go ahead and have that, gr that grass fed, right? With all the, without all the antibiotics and all the other junk that they feed the animals. And then you're eating this. And then that's why people end up getting sick. So that environment, you know, is just very peaceful. And that's what I like to be when, I, when I'm able to get away from the city. MashaAllah. I would love to drink raw milk, but I've been lactose intolerant for like, geez, I can't even remember how long now. Okay. Oh, that's, that's the number one issue. If you try raw milk, try it. Most people become lactose intolerant because they're drinking pasteurized, homogenized milk. I was also the same thing. Same thing. So I was drinking homogenized pasteurized milk. I couldn't drink it because of this. But then the people who started to switch over, this was gone now, hmm. right? So they have a, I think it's a raw, uh, rawmilk.com. There's a big movement now. You know, you get on a co-op, you get anyone who's tried it. It's like a meal in itself. You know what I mean? It's just, you have to go. And it's interesting that Coca-Cola, Pepsi, all this stuff is legal, but raw, raw milk in some places, it's been illegal. It's crazy. But now there's a movement to change this, right? So I've got, some, I've got some videos and I've interviewed some farmers, how they give them a hard time and how they're fighting against this. And I've interviewed uh, uh, some nutritionists talking about the benefits of, of raw milk. So I would just encourage just to, to try it, you know what I mean? To try it and see how your body adapts. See how, how it is, you know. Yeah, and what is it? What does it taste like? It tastes sweet. Mm. Uh, and the enzymes, I used to, when I drank the other milk, um, you get really bloated. But when you pasteurize it, those enzymes, they're not there anymore. But the raw milk, they're there. So they help in the digestive system and all the other, the proteins, the minerals, the, it has great nutritional value. I, I used to that with some raw uh, honey, unheated raw honey is like a meal in itself. Yeah, it's been a while now. It's been a while. Last time I drank uh, raw was in Bosnia. Some raw. Uh, you can watch this video I did with a farmer, and we got some raw goat's milk. And he was talking about the fastest man. I forgot who what his name was. That this is he drank. This is all he was drinking was this type of milk. In the interview, he talked about it. Yeah. Great benefit. See, this is just things that, look, it's like uh, 
these these things that sometimes thinking outside the box because mm-hmm. there's a lot of social pressure, social conditioning, way that people think. But now you kind of like you go outside the box and you investigate, you think obviously you don't jump in blindly, do your research. And then from there you praise Tihara and you go for the goal. All right. So another question mm-hmm. to follow up with that. Now that you're doing this type of lifestyle, are you eating bread? Uh, bread? No, I'm not eating bread. I don't. I don't eat. I don't eat. Uh, now listen. I would eat if the bread, depending on what kind of ingredients were in the bread, like how they used to make bread. But the bread today, there's no nutritional value whatsoever. And I've noticed many people who have followed this, who have gotten away from these empty carbs, who have been trying to lose weight as soon as they cut out these few things like sugar i'm not talking about the sugar you get in dates and apples with the fiber that the system goes down well i'm just talking about the sugar and the fake foods the processed refined sugars once you cut and it's in it's in all and it's in in 500,000 of these uh fake food items if you go down into the supermarkets you got the middle aisles it's all fake food all fake food but then you go to a little area to the side, it says healthy food. So obviously, what's the rest of the food, right? So now in the pastas and the sauces, there's a great documentary. I always recommend people to watch called Fed Up. And it just pinpoints and shows how all of these foods, they just been. And then what actually happened, you know, with, the, again, going back to the food industry, fat free. And there's another uh, documentary called uh, Sugar, I believe it was. And all like the healthy but they have like these healthy foods, fat-free, this, that, and the other. All this stuff is garbage, man. So no, I don't eat. I don't eat bread. It's a lot of empty carbs, and and you'll see uh, how the weight comes off for people who are trying to lose weight. When you cut, some people think like it's unimaginable. How can you live without bread? Again, I have nothing. It's the ingredients, how the bread is made. That's that's the main thing. Yeah, some things that I, I have found researching. Uh, the bread that's made nowadays is actually an incomplete food, meaning that it's never actually fully cooked. So it's it's never the uh, what they I think it's some um, enzymes or bacteria or there's a fermenting process that has to occur for it to fully cook. And if you if you cut into a loaf of bread and you look at like the little circles, they look like little circles like inside of the bread. If they're really tiny circles, that means it, it was never fully cooked. But if you if you get a loaf of bread that's like a real loaf of bread, like the, those circles are huge circles inside of the bread. And that's a fully fermented and cooked piece of bread. And on on side of that, uh, the main protein source from bread gluten is actually not digestible. It, it can't be digested 100 percent. So everyone on this world is a uh, gluten intolerant to an extent. And here we are eating something that we can't fully digest. It's not fully cooked, but it's being pushed. Exactly. Yeah. And I think there was, I was eating this Ezekiel bread that's in the freezer. And a lot of these gluten-free breads, there's some of these I'll eat or if home cooked with almond flour or depending, again, going back to the ingredients, but hundred percent what you're saying, I know what you're talking about. Yes. And this, if imagine if it's not digestible, what it's doing to sit in your system, right? And then we wonder a lot of times, and that's a key point. Then when you go to the doctor who's supposed to be helping you out, he doesn't connect it. So when I went to a holistic doctor and right away, the doctor said, cut out, cut out, uh, I think it was cut out the dairy, cut out the gluten uh, and connect it back to nutrition. So that's a holistic approach, right? But most doctors you go to, and I'm not trying to bash on doctors, they end up just giving you what uh, a drug, you know? Okay, so with that being said, now that you have this farm, now that you've been eating better, uh, has is your diet 100% sustainable from the farm or do you still get some things like from the grocery stores or something like that? I think if we can, one, one just make it easy for people. It's really simple. So I give people... I passed down what I learned from, from my nutritionist, uh, Jim Marlowe, this very simple, easy, eat real food, avoid fake food, mm-hmm. eat real food. That's like white belt level, without making it complicated. Real food is uh, fake food is food that comes with a list of ingredients that you can't pronounce. You need a chemistry biology degree. Okay. So that food should be avoided. So if you can start to eat at home, that's another gain right there. You're on top of things because you know what's going in the food. So 
cooking at home, having, you know, someone who's there, you're cooking, your wife's cooking, you know, at home. I know you, when you even say wife cooking nowadays, it's like, what you talking about? I ain't cooking. It is that, but look, so if you have your, cause you gotta be on page. I'm sure all your brothers are married now, probably got two, three wives. So when you, when you have your wives cooking, uh, you guys are also helping out, obviously doing your part, you know? So from here, you're already ahead of the game because you're cutting out the MSG they put in the foods, you know, the canola oil, all that stuff that just rains havoc on the body. Inflammation There's a great book by Madiha, Dr. Madiha Said called Holistic. Uh, it's called Holistic MX, really great book. And she goes, she's a holistic doctor and she goes into how m- most of these, you know, the canola oil and many of these fake processed foods, they, they cause inflammation in the body. And that's how you end up getting chronic diseases. So which going back to your question. Yeah. So with the meats and that, if I, if I, it's hard to be hundred percent because we live in a society is it's, it's fake food all around us. It's about convenience. You know, a lot of times uh, you don't have, you're, you're sometimes a person's lazy to cook for themselves. So you go out. So I can understand that. Uh, but if we can get to about 80%, right, if we can get 80, 85%, man, that's not bad. It's really good. If we can work up, right, start cutting out certain things. Usually I say sugar, get away, go to war on sugar, go to war on sugar. Look at it. If you, if you look at it, willpower will only go so far. But if you look at it as your enemy, if you look at it like this does my body no good, I'm actually every time I put it in there, it's seven times more addictive than cocaine. They've done studies where the brain lights up. So if I look at this like, man, this, it's not about those like, you know, people often say I look at when they do this and I would try to replace this with other things. You take the kid to the school and they give them lollipops and they give them this garbage. You're creating sugar addicts. It's like I say, why don't you give someone look if you do, if you drink, if you smoke one cigarette. It's not a problem. What? But what's going to happen? That one cigarette's going to according to two to three, you're going to become a nicotine addict. Same thing with the sugar. You create sugar addicts. So you're projecting your sugar cravings on the kids. And then what's going to happen? And then from, from their teeth rotting, rotting out, kids at a young age needing root canals makes no sense. And then from there, obesity, 70% of now Americans are overbeast or overweight. Kids are at the first generation of kids not expected to outlive their parents. It's crazy, right? Cancer, mm. great. It's all connected to the food choices. 95% of it is connected to the food choices that we make. So we can start to really go to war on sugar, get out these vegetable oils, canola oil, you know, cut out the fake foods, eat the taibat that Allah SWT gave us, the good foods. Look at the, for if you want something sweet, you got dates, bananas, apples, you got vegetables, you got, okay, grass-fed beef, you got uh, chicken, you got so many good foods out there. Just avoid the fake ones and we'll be on our way to better health and, and better clarity. And this will help with our worship, our ibadah. You follow me? It's a holistic approach. But in regards to what you have right now, your farm, like, is that no, sustainable not, for not, you? Not a hundred. No, no, no. Because it takes a lot, lot more. It'll take a lot more work and effort. So yeah. no, not a hundred percent sustainable. Yeah. No. Yeah, okay. Wow. That makes mashallah. sense. Mashallah. The fact that you built that up already, mashallah, is amazing. Uh, now, I'm a bit curious about this because, um, one, 100%, we, we should encourage people to start somewhere. So I think that's a, an amazing place to start cutting out sugars and all that, mashallah, because that is, is, like you said, it's one of the most addictive uh, drugs or substances uh, in the world. And the reason I say drugs is because it becomes something of the sort in the sense that it's, it's it could be just as addictive or even more. <clears throat> like you said, it's more addictive than cocaine. That's crazy. But um, well, I have two questions. One, if you're cooking in your kitchen, isn't like, for example, the meat that you're you're cooking already coming from animals that were fed a bunch of things to make the, the, the muscles a little more inflamed and make them... Um, Steroids and antibiotics. Pardon me? You talking about steroids and antibiotics? Yes. Thank you. Yes. Mm -hmm. So isn't the meat that you're already cooking in your kitchen already, you know, uh, coming from animals that were fed these things? Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. That's remember what I mentioned earlier? Yeah. Trying to avoid that by having now the, the animals who are humanely raised, who are eating what they're designed to eat. So they're grass fed. That's the term grass fed. So now if they're grass fed, they're eating what they're supposed to eat. Now what happens with these other animals in, in, the, um, in the dairy farm, in the, in the farming industry, what they do is now they end up 
feeding them corn, they're feeding them grains, they're feeding them things that they're not designed to eat. They get sick and then they're pumping them with antibiotics, with drugs. Yeah. And that's the meat that I sh that should be avoided. And that's the meat that yeah. now they've done studies that can actually make you sick. So this is exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. But know. now when you say gra grass fed, you know, hopefully organic grass fed, this is something that was at one time, it was just the way it was the normal way. Yeah. But now because of production, because of money, profits, bottom line, people start end up uh, doing unethical things and cutting corners. And that's why we have so many sick people. So is how how easy or difficult is it to get your your hands on grass fed meat? Where, depend, depend, I guess, where, where do you guys uh, where do you live? We're near Toronto. Yeah. Toronto. Yeah, I live guys, in Florida. You're in Florida. So usually if you can, if you can hook, um, hook up with, uh, like in different places, I guess where, you, where you're at, you have, if you want to, depending on how far you want to go, uh, sometimes this is already packaged and done for you, grass fed. Um, it's, it's more expensive. Yeah. Uh, if you hook up, you go to like a Amish farm, or if, you, if you're able to um, go ahead and have a co-op with, with um, a, a group of people, and buy, let's say, some meat. Um, what I like to do is have, let's say, you go ahead and you have your animal, and then you prepare this, and you, let's say, you go to the farm, you can arrange this, and if you have a good freezer, you can go ahead at your house, do, do this maybe uh, every three, four months, you go slaughter, get your own meat. It takes, it's work. You know what I mean? It's, it takes some effort, some work, uh, how far you want to go. Yeah. And then you go ahead and get this all prepared and you have it saved for you and you just cook this up, you know? Um, and when you're done, you go to and, get, and do it again, or you can go, um, and, and find at some of these, uh, places where they sell grass fed beef. It's there. It's out there. Yeah. You know, what's crazy I mean, yeah. is that a lot of people know this. A lot of people know that um, eating whole foods is best and um, eating grass-fed meat is best, but they keep getting swayed by these uh, these infomercials like, oh, no, meat is bad. Meat is bad for you. And then next thing you know, it, oh, saturated fat is bad for you. Next thing you know, it dates are bad for you. Next thing you know, it everything is bad for you. And it's like you live in this time where it's like people have access to it. They have access to the knowledge but they're not doing anything with it. And if you look into this yourself, anyone watching right now, like there's one thing that you'll find is that a lot of these people who are onto the uh, whole foods approach, the holistic approach, they all say the same thing. Let food be thy medicine. Yes. And it's like, you can literally like with the grace of Allah, you can heal your body with the good food. What did you say? What was the word for it? Taibat. Yes. Taibat. Yes. That's uh, if you guys, I'll give you uh, a, a little recipe after after um, brother uh, Fahid and um, brother Rami. Like, could you? I see the bag and then the, the, the bike. You guys finish working out, brothers finish. You probably maybe already uh, maybe know about this. The uh, again, you say this and the people right away. You have to look. Here's what I say you have to be, before if you tell, I'm, I'm at the point. Where you, if you share something with me, it's not that I'm going to take everything, right? I'm going to just blindly, I'm, but my mind is open. And I also compare this with people of the Sunnah, people of the Way. Our minds are open. If the, if if an I if if someone brings me something, if I'm doing something one way, and now you bring me a Hadith, you bring me an Ayah from Quran, I have to be ready to adjust my way of life. That's what people of the Sunnah. Now, same thing with life. If you bring me a life hack, as they call it, you bring me something that there's some benefit. It might make me feel uncomfortable for a little bit. It, it might taste not so good, but that's the problem. We got to re-educate our taste buds, mm. right? Re-educate our minds. So now you bring me something and you're just, oh, no, but hold on, man. Just think, read into it, look into it, study what I'm saying. And then from there, you start to see, wow, yeah, I wasn't so close-minded. So now if I talk to you about uh, raw eggs, for instance, right? <laughs> see <laughs> so now you remember that rocky film when uh rocky was at one or two and then he was preparing he had the raw eggs in there now when you finish uh working out riding the bike you take 
again, from healthy chickens, you know, um, without the antibiotics, humanely raised chickens, you take some raw eggs, you put some, maybe some, uh, raw milk or some, um, some uh, almond milk, and you put maybe a banana to sweeten it. If you want some honey, you mix it up. You got a protein shake right there. Delicious. You follow me? But, uh, most people are going to be like, but, but the people who have, have, have tried it is like, wow, it tastes great. Wow. Or you, or you can just do it uh, the warrior way. I got a video out there where my nutritionist stays. He's actually breaking it on his, how they used to do it, on the sharp uh, cane tooth, da, 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 and then sucking it in. So what would you what would you say to people that are like, what about salmonella poisoning? Uh, see, again, from uh, very rare. Um, also, again, humanely raised chickens. Uh, my nutritionist who was recommending the raw milk, who was uh, the, the um, raw foods. Look, I, I eat cooked foods, uh, but he was saying that he didn't have in his, I don't know how many years. See, what happens is in many cases, people, they capitalize off one instant and they magnify that. And they, fear, they put the fear into you for, for that. So statistically, something that's so small, right, but has so many great advantages here, now, what happens is because this is something that now people develop this fear off of something that is very, uh, you know, again, you do your research. I'm not uh, trying to uh, persuade you to, to do it, but just it's something that you guys just being open minded, you know, something out there. You can try and add it and see how you like it. But do your research first. Look into it, mm. you know, see see what you come up with and see what since we're talking about this topic yeah i got i got a question for you but i'm gonna ask you off the air so <laughs> i'm gonna wait till <laughs> we're done all right so i was gonna this say is a, just one more thing before i so yeah. this is a, it's just a way of life it's a way you're looking for ways different hacks again one man's food another man's poison some people now uh have to give up certain foods because they have an allergic reaction you follow me some foods people end up doing better with Right. You do a food allergy test and maybe now you have to give up mushrooms. You have to give up eggs. You have to stay away from it. And a lot of these things, they say connected because some of the shots that people took in earlier years. Now they've developed some food allergies and now they have to give up certain foods because of mm. some something they put in their body before. That's a whole different topic for discussion. Yeah. Bro, that's honestly what I was going to ask you off the air, but I don't know if uh, you yeah, we can talk about that if you want later, whatever. I know. What yeah. Saying. So yeah. Uh, with regards to what you said. If you mix it with honey, uh, in theory, all right, don't quote me on this. Don't go out there and like try this and then get sick and then be like, yo, it's your fault. But um, in theory, an honey is a natural antibiotic. So if you're mixing that with the raw chicken, if there is salmonella, then it would uh, pretty much negate the salmonella. It would destroy the salmonella. But that's in theory, guys. I mean, don't quote me on that. I'm not. I'm not some guru when it comes to these things. <laughs> MashaAllah. MashaAllah. We're going to have to uh, do some research on that or test it ourselves, yeah. inshallah, yeah. Um, and come out with a case study. But um, subhanAllah, I, I'm curious about if you have any any sources because you said, you know, dear, dear research and stuff, is there anything you recommend or anything specifically tiered towards the sudden? We know, you know, uh, like uh, black seeds and honey. Yes, and yes. Seeds. So, yeah. Do you have some I got a video out there. It's called... Uh, it's on hijama, forgotten mm -hmm. sunnah. And the Prophet said, you know, um, the benefits of reviving a sunnah, right? So much reward. So I really recommend people, you know, to look into, and that goes back to, remember when Isma, uh, the ascension, and then when he went to the certain stations, why would, I ask people, why would one of the angels, the angels say, um, have your people do hijama? It's an authentic hadith. Why? Think about that. So this is something that now even these celebrities, they take the rock, had a picture, he's doing the cupping, you know, I, I think, I don't know if it's dry or wet cupping. So this is something from the Sunnah, right, that we see that now has tremendous, uh, uh, potentially have, can have tr tremendous uh, health benefits, hijama. But again, it's something that you've, people are, again, programmed back to the pills. And then you take this pill and a true story, I had my, just my father had a stroke and then try to get him into the to rehab, but then had to get his blood pressure down and they, you know, medications have their place. So he was on this medication, that one, and then it's causing this pain. And then in the hospital, they got all this garbage food that's making the 
the the uh, blood levels go the sh- the sugar levels go up, and then they got to pump him with this drug, and then he's got a cramp in this leg from the insulin. Then he got to give him a painkiller. He's on thirteen different medications, and no nobody's talking about food. Nobody's talking about nutrition. That's like nothing they don't study. So um, this is so extreme, extremely, extremely important, you know. So back to this thing is uh, the hijama is is one of those things, you know. Uh, the, the, uh, the one third, one third, one third, you know, uh, because the root of disease look is usually from the stomach, but then even before this hadith, before we get to the center of the hadith, <laughs> the beginning is enough for the son of Adam is a few morsels, right. To keep his back upright, to keep him going. A lot of times people jump into the one third, one third. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was amazed when I started eating, I just started losing a lot of weight. I started to eat the real food. You know, it has so much uh, nutritional value in there that it gives you what you need. So you're not always craving. So I was eating much less. I was like, how can you do that? How, I was like, I, I didn't, it, I, I, I obviously you believe it, but then you're just like in practice, how can you just take a few morsels and just keep you going? But I was at one point, I was drinking the milk, some honey. I was good. I was, you know, some dates or some, you know, and, but I was losing, I was losing a lot of weight, but I was feeling my energy was better. And uh, because those sh- all that sugar cravings from the fake foods, it wasn't it wasn't there in my body. I was giving it what it needed. There's a whole whole thing in the fitness industry, how uh, you need like one gram of protein per pound of body weight. So if you're going out of your weight, so let's say 180, 200 grams of protein mm-hmm. in a day, then you kind of do have to eat a lot of food. Right. So what would you say to that? Uh, depending that if you're like depending what you're involved in if you're a bodybuilder mm. you're looking to put on muscle right but if we're just like if you're a bedouin in the desert if you're just mm. or just like living you know simple life you don't need you don't need much to survive you don't need much much food you know you don't there was a 90 there was a, a good documentary it's um it was a scientist no not a sign i'm sorry it was it's out there i forgot the name of it you can find it uh he was out there trying to see how a person was uh, living so long. He was like over a hundred years old. He was running a marathon. And one thing in this documentary pointed out was the, the, the intermittent fasting. He did these tests, what we do. So that's another thing from the Sunnah fasting with um, intermittent fasting. And then also they asked uh, the man very, he was very thin, lean, how he ended up, he's running a marathon marathon. He's like over a uh, hundred years old. And he said, what I eat, he said, I just eat very small portions. I don't eat much. And that reminded me of this uh, hadith, right? Because like the bro- like our brother was saying, this statement, like, uh, let food be your medicine, medicine be your food. There's another statement that um, uh, persons should be living, eating to uh, living to eat instead of eating to live or vice versa, mm-hmm. right? So we people end up... Uh, living just for food that's mm-hmm. it just to eat 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 that's it they're just devour all day you know what i mean but really in actuality the food is a source of energy to get us going just enough so we can go ahead and be productive with our name we're just not just living just to eat that's not the focus of life mm. it's almost like it's nourishment and vitality it's not like people are beautifying and glorifying food yeah right? oh yeah mm-hmm. for sure for sure sure yeah if you think about the protein fired uh, in reality, if you weren't working out just to have like enough protein to survive, like honestly, like 30 grams to 50 30, grams 50, is yeah. more than enough. Uh, yeah. But if you're working out, it's actually like 0.6 to 0.8 and the whole one gram per pound of body weight. Uh, they just say that because like most people nowadays, they don't measure their food. They don't know exactly how much they're getting. Hmm. But um, even the 0.6 to uh, 0.8, that's per kilogram not mm. per pound so it, it, there's a lot of miscommunication not miscommunication but misinformation when it comes to the fitness and it's more industry, tied to though. your lean body mass too mm-hmm. if exactly. you're just 200 pounds you don't even exactly. have muscles then you don't need 200 grams of protein That's have you guys any of you tried hijama never bro i really yeah. wanted to try it yeah, me too i really, I really recommend uh, you guys and then you can talk about it on your program okay yeah, so i was wondering yeah, how do you how do you know like who near you is good do you get what i mean like for example yeah. like uh, let's say I want to go to a family doctor, right? There's a couple near me, but some are not good. Yeah. I guess word of mouth or, mm-hmm. you know, someone recommends someone. It's not really complicated. It's very straightforward. 
Mm-hmm. It's very, it's very straightforward. It's not that com- complicated. And then they have some people who completed some courses. So I guess if someone has a good reputation, you know, comes as a good referral and I'm sure you should be able to find someone there in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Inshallah. yeah there's a, um, there's a brother on TikTok, uh, named Salah Dean. He lives, I think, um, he lives close to Toronto and Mississauga, somewhere in between. Um, I'm forgetting the name, but um, he does hijama and like ruqiyah and, and all this stuff. So inshallah, bro, we can go to him together. I'm down, bro, inshallah. Oh. So it's basically just wet cupping. So they, the the blood is extracted with all the toxins. And yes, yes. it seems very good. And it seems like medically, you know, it's, it's valid and all that. It's obviously not modern allopathic medicine, right? So it's not pushed with big pharma. Um, which has a lot of side effects and all that, but I definitely will give it a try, bro. Inshallah. How let was, how was your me, first? Let experience? me know after. Inshallah. Know. How was your first experience with uh, with hijama? I've been doing it for such a long time. I don't. I I'm trying to remember the first time. I remember there was I had a guest who left me with a kit. Um, I don't know if it was Wasam uh, Wasam Sharif. He came out one time and um, was it him who did it with me or left me the kit? There was another. From Canada, I think it was. It was a no. Was it Canada or Texas? It was a brother. No, of Texas. I'm sorry. It was a brother. He's a he's a he's a um, holistic doctor, and in his practice, he has the cupping, and he was educating me on it and talking about it. And um, I, it was him or Wasam Sharif who left me with the actual kit. You know what I mean? So um, uh, I've been doing it so, and I did a video. You can watch it where. Uh, you can see it on my channel where I take you through the whole process. And then the, the brother who's doing it, he's really good. He breaks down. Okay. This is step one, step two, the benefits of it. He calls the, the, the Hadith. And then at the end, I have a medical doctor, medical doctor who talks about it, you know, from the, a medical perspective, who's done mm-hmm. some research and gives the benefits from that. Mm-hmm. So I don't remember the first time uh, it's been quite, Wow, and I've been doing it. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah and your YouTube channel is just the Dean Show, right? Same name? Dean Show TV. All right, inshallah. We will put that in the description. Make sure to check it out, guys, inshallah. And uh, brother, we'll let you know, inshallah. Or I can always speak for myself. Inshallah, I'll let you know once I do it. Um, yeah. you know, what goes down yeah, yeah, yeah. And everything. I'll I'll text you how the how how it went. Yo, let's get it, we'll get it sometime soon, inshallah. If you guys do want to know more on, you know natural immunity um antigens uh vaccines and you know kind of more on it in detail covid and all that don't take our advice watch the episode right before this the, the episode right before this it's a it's a medical doctor that we got by the name of dr omar zaid who uh pretty much just went in on vaccines if you guys are interested into that but yeah without further ado bro let's right. uh let's end it off with uh, one oh, last no, question oh, from no. Anhel. Uh, actually, okay, I have one question, but I have to preface it with one question. Uh, bro, two questions. Uh, very simple, very simple, very simple. Uh, so you said you had uh, lactose intolerance before you got into the whole raw milk and all this other stuff, right? Yeah, I didn't have, I, did, I didn't, I didn't, milk didn't go well enough for my body. You know, I didn't have, uh-huh. I couldn't drink that regular milk. No, yeah. So were there other foods as well that didn't work well with your body? Um, I found out eggs and actually the milk. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. So eggs, you ate normal eggs like from the store, like the conventional yeah, eggs. And what yes. would happen? Would you get like bloated? No, no. Uh, the re- I just did a food sensitivity test. Uh-huh. And then it was marked on there. Oh, bro. Yeah. Have you ever done one of these food sensitivity no, tests? How does that work? Mm-hmm. It's, they just prick. They take, some, uh, they take some blood. And now you have different... Um, groups you can do seven you can do like 70 80 or 100 and then they tell you okay it's kind of takes the guesswork out of because there's certain foods you can eat maybe you get a headache maybe it makes you tired fatigued right you don't feel your best so it, it kind of takes the guesswork out of it so you take this test and then you're like wow i've been eating mushrooms and here i'm i have a sensitivity to it maybe i need to cut this out because that could be affecting me here another thing is uh, people don't connect the mouth with the rest of the body. So you can have, this is a whole different discussion. These, uh, you know, infected teeth, you finally have an infection mm-hmm. in the mouth. 
Then you had these meridian lines, these lines, you know, the blood travels. And now you got inflammation here. You got uh, joint problems. You have, uh, you know, some other issues in the body and it's not connected. You're not connecting it, but it can start from the mouth also. That's a whole different topic. Yeah. Yes. Everything's connected. So now that you're doing the raw eggs, but like you have the chickens and like it's free range chickens, they're over here living that good, good, living that good life. With those raw eggs, you do perfectly fine with compared to the conventional eggs. I've, I've, uh, I let off for a little bit now, so I haven't, I haven't gone back, but I'm going to, inshallah, introduce it again, probably soon. Okay. Yeah. Because okay, yeah. I'm asking, man, because the, the real question that I had is like, from your perspective, do you think that if people were to start going to a more uh, whole food based diet and let's say people were to start, you know, farming their own foods and having their own permaculture and just being sustained off that, like, do you think that these uh, intolerances, allergies, stuff that we have, do you think that that would pretty much be taken care of and be gone with? I think there's a, by itself, this is proof in of itself. People's just testimony in their lives being transformed. There's a great documentary. I think it's called fat, sick, and almost dead. Have you, any, any of you guys seen that? I heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. Fat, sick, and almost dead. He was on like 12 prescription drugs and nothing was working. And then he just started to do it at all juicing. He just started juicing, juicing. And then it's compared, compared it to a fish tank. So the fish tank is all just full of toxic chemicals is dirty. And you just start adding more things to it instead of taking all the old water out, you know, cleansing the cleaning up that fish tank, same thing with the body. So now one by one, he started to get off these medications because he started to put into his body, you know, things that are going to help to nourish it and clean it out. So, and then he was, alhamdulillah, he was uh, healed. And you have so many stories like this. So many people who, who have, uh, you know, beat many of the chronic disease, reversed many of the diseases through the food, through eliminating certain foods and bringing in certain foods. And like that statement from Hippocrates that you quoted, let food be your medicine and medicine be your food. They started treating the food as a medicine, as a healing. And that goes back to what the Prophet said, the last and final messenger sent to mankind. He, He said, for every disease, Allah, God Almighty sent the cure. He sent the cure, not symptom management, send the cure, right? So the cure is out there. And you just have to go and take the means and whatnot. But the people have to differentiate drugs between real medicine. And it's out there. MashaAllah. Bro, I got no more questions. But if y'all do, then let it be known. Does that include cancer? You have uh, you have so many people. Again, see, this is like, uh, this is uh, really, there's a crispy cancer. Crispy cancer. He's got a lot of testimonials. He's someone who beat cancer himself. And alhamdulillah, it's Allah, God Almighty, who gives the healing. We take the means and put our trust in the creator of the heavens and the earth. But I was amazed. I was amazed. I interviewed this guy. His name is Chris, beat cancer. And he has, I don't know how many people, testimonies of people who changed their food intake. They started to make adjustments and things, uh, things changed. You know, they started to reverse. No way. Yeah. I just Googled it. Chris beat cancer. It has like over 3,000 reviews, five stars. It says natural healing for uh, cancer. So I've had him on the show. I've, I've interviewed him. And he, um, he talks. There's one interview for people who like ice cream. Uh, ben and Jerry's or I think it's Ben and Jerry's. One, he has an interview with, I think, uh, John is it Hopkins or he, um, he was the son he was about to inherit his father's kingdom, meaning the ice cream kingdom. But he got into health and he knew that the ice cream that his father is sell- selling, that it's, it's poisoning people. So he ended up trying to get, his, get out of this. He got out of it. He wrote a book on health. His father and many of his family members ended up dying from cancer. His father actually ends up at the doctor. It's a very interesting story. It ends up at the doctor who recommends a book that happens to be his son's book. It talks about health and wellness. And so he was, he was somebody who uh, shed the light on this ice cream. Now, again, you can substitute it where you can take frozen bananas, frozen fruits. You can go through a juicer and that can come out and you can actually make 
You can make hosts. So when we, I, I don't want people to get the wrong impression. Like, oh, you just cutting out everything in life. No, you just replace it with something better. So you take that Snicker bar, you place it with a date. You take that pop dart, you replace it with some bananas and strawberries. You, you, you replace that, that uh, ice cream from the stores that's poisoning your body with a natural ice cream, right? That you can make from fro frozen fruit fruits. You can go ahead and, and make it through the, through the juice machine. It comes out swirled and you got natural ice cream. Yeah. Mm. So always you can replace these things with something that's more wholesome, pure. Yeah. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And that's that's with food. That's with what Brother Eddie was saying. That's with the dean as well, with Islam. It's not, nothing's going to happen overnight. But you don't know how long you have. So you might as well make every day a step forward than a step backward. Yes, that's a good point you mentioned because a lot of these things, people don't have patience. So look how long you've been poisoning your body. So now how long is going to take for you? You got to have some patience. Now you got when you start introducing these new methods, these lifestyle hacks, it's going to take a little bit of time, but you're on your way to a better future, inshallah. Yeah, inshallah. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. All right, Brother Eddie, is there anything else you want to you wanna say before we wrap it up? Uh, for, the, for the people out there, for just the people, know. Just a final, right? final word. Yeah. Uh, final word, I always rem remind people, this life is short, you know. Uh, we've just been talking about health. Take it serious because this is the honoring the, the vehicle that God Almighty Allah gave us to get us through life. It's so, so important, right? So honor your body, this gift that the Creator has given us, through putting the good foods in there, you know, nourishing not only the mind, body, but also the soul. This is the key thing, you know, connecting it to its creator and remembering like we first started, this life is short, you know, Allah says in the Quran, Kulu nafsin da mot. every soul will taste death. So we as Muslims, we live a, a complete life. We went from talking about finding purpose. We talked about over here about food, about nutrition. Uh, so it's the cool thing. We're talking about cool things, important things, right? So, Get away from wasting time, get into things that are going to be make you productive, they're going to help you live a holistic, fruitful life so you can get the benefits of this life, but also you prepare yourself for the ultimate place that you're striving for, setting the GPS to Jannah, because that's where is the final abode, inshallah, that we're trying to strive for and avoiding the hellfire. Guys, with that being said, if you made it this far, comment down below. Hashtag bring Eddie back because we definitely need him for part two to talk more on sport, MMA, a little more on training because I feel like we didn't talk about a lot of stuff in this one episode and we try to keep it short because people got short attention spans nowadays. <laughs> but Rami, do your thing, bro. With that being said, Jazakallah khair. It was an amazing episode and we hope to have you back soon. Inshallah to all the viewers. Like, comment, subscribe, check out our Patreon, and please check out the Dean Show, all the videos mentioned, inshallah, the books recommended, and please take the advice that Brother Eddie has shared today, inshallah. And with that being said, Allahumma atina fi dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa qina adab al-nar. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.